Hi, this is Steve Thompson, and today we are reading from Luke chapter 17, verses 20 through 37. One day, the Pharisees asked Jesus, When will the kingdom of God come? Jesus replied, The kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, Here it is, or it's over there. For the kingdom of God is already among you. Then he said to his disciples, The time is coming when you will long to see the day when the Son of Man returns, but you won't see it. People will tell you, Look, there's the Son of Man, or here he is, but don't go out and follow them. For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other, so it will be on the day when the Son of Man comes. But first, the Son of Man must suffer terribly and be rejected by this generation. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days, the people enjoyed banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat and the flood came and destroyed them all. And the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. People went about their daily business, eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building. Until the morning, Lot left Sodom. Then fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Yes, it will be business as usual, right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And on that day, a person out on the deck of a roof must not go down into the house to pack. A person out in the field must not return home. Remember what happened to Lot's wife. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. And if you let your life go, you will save it. That night, two people will be asleep in one bed. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour together at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. Where will this happen, Lord? the disciples asked. Jesus replied, Wherever the carcass is, the vultures gather. Now, if you're like me, uh, when I first got to those last few verses, you're like, what in the world is he talking about? And you're probably in good company because there's been a lot of uh, discussion about those last three verses. But what you need to know is that if you've, if you've at all heard of the term uh, rapture, that's not what Jesus is talking about here. Um, actually, I don't even think that's what what Paul is talking about in Thessalonians, uh, but that's something you can email me about uh, at a different time. Right here, though, from the context, what we know is that um, the people that Jesus is referring to, two people in bed or two people grinding flour, one is taken away. That person is being taken away to judgment. Um, and the last verse really kind of bears that out. It's similar to the parable in Matthew 13, where Jesus talks about the wheat and the weeds. And the farmer plants this beautiful crop of wheat, and yet his workers come in and say, there's all these weeds mixed in. What happened? How did this happen? And, and the farmer says, you know, the devil planted that there. But don't worry, let it all grow up together because if you pull it out now, you're going to pull out the, the wheat as well. At, at the harvest time, we'll gather it all together and the weeds will be pulled out 
and burned. And then the wheat can be collected and gathered into the barn. And so it's, again, that picture of of judgment for the weeds and, and that being taken out first. Um, and so it's that backdrop of judgment, though, that's sobering and difficult and hard, but without it, we can't understand this passage. We can't understand the kingdom. And so let me jump right back into that thing, theme of kingdom with which Jesus started out. The, the Pharisees asked him, when will the kingdom come? And of course, they're expecting one kind of kingdom. And Jesus over and over again is trying to clarify for them what this kingdom is, what it looks like, giving you know analogies and and uh, tastes of it here and there and basically saying it's not what you're perceiving it to be it's not what you think it is it's breaking in right now among you and you're invited to be a part of it i am leading this movement of god's rule and reign will you join in with it and uh and the religious leaders just weren't going to get it and then to his disciples, the point that he wanted to immediately make was, you guys, when the kingdom does come in all of its fullness, it's going to come all of a sudden. Everybody will see it. Everybody will know it's here. But there's going to be, all of a sudden, this reality that brings with it a judgment, a pulling out of the weeds a pulling out of that which is evil, a pulling out of those who didn't want to be a part of the kingdom, who refused the invitation. C.S. Lewis talked about, in the end, God will say to us who have walked away from the kingdom, thy will be done. He's not going to force anyone to bend a knee. He's not going to force anyone to be a part of something that they've chosen throughout life to not be a part of. And so with this judgment then as a backdrop, I think we fear it. And yet I'd like to say for those of us who are listening to this podcast this morning, I'm guessing that you have been wanting to enter into the kingdom. That is your heart posture. That is your position. You are wanting to follow Jesus. And so for us, that is not a fear issue. We don't have to be, again, insecure about this issue. But I think that the judgment does represent a fairness issue. And I think we're concerned about whether it will be fair or not. Uh, I just ran across an article today in MLive.com and uh, a guy was prosecuted for, he was playing indoor soccer and a uh, referee was about to give him a red card and the guy punched the referee and that referee would go on to die a couple of days later from his injuries from, uh, from that punch. And so the man obviously is accused of, uh, I don't know if it was involuntary or voluntary manslaughter, but um, he pleaded guilty and ended up receiving eight years in prison. And so you take a look at that and you can wonder, you know, eight years, is that just? Is that right? I mean, what about the widow? Um, and the, the, the referee was young. 
What about the young widow and, and kids? Was this fair to them? What did they think about this judgment? And ultimately we come to the judgment at the end when the kingdom shows up in all of its fullness. And it's simply saying everything that has positioned itself against God and his rule and reign, his kingdom, the way he's doing things, the way he's created it and designed it to be from the beginning, everything that set itself up up against that or walked away from it will be allowed to go, will be taken away, will be uprooted, will be judged and will receive fair treatment from a fair and ultimately fair and just and merciful God. But the question then becomes posed to us again, and I think the the central verse of this that at least jumps out to me is that verse 33. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. And if you let your life go, you will save it. So again, that invitation again to lose our life, to come and kneel down, to bend a knee to the Lordship of Jesus, to give up control, to give up gripping the steering wheel of our own circumstances, our relationships, our finances, just trying to will things to work for us or for our benefit. And to say, Jesus, you are Lord. Here is my life. So that's yet another invitation for us. Wherever we're at in the day, is your heart bent toward him? If not, where, where can we again surrender and open up our hands and take our hands off gripping our life and place it back into God's hands and say, God, here I am. What is it you want with me or of me or in me today? Father, we want to take our hands off from these lives that we hold dearly. Because we can't see the future. And so we tend to want to hold on to that which we know. That to which we feel like we've got some measure of control. But Lord, I, I pray that you would just reassure us again. That ultimately you being in control and in charge is the best possible decision for us. And then, God, I pray that we could live out of that confidence that we could release out of that confidence and that we could give our lives over to you fully. So I ask that for all of us. In Jesus' name, amen.